And welcome into another great edition of Strong Style, the Impact Media Weekly MMA and Pro Wrestling Show. That will be a podcast just as soon as we record it. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Welcome in. Lots of stuff to talk about, as always. Lots of big topics, things going on. Um, I feel like I may have missed one thing or another. No, it's not that. Looking through the notes real quick. Um, let's see. Obviously, we'll talk. We'll talk big things. Royal Rumble's coming up this weekend. We'll actually uh, probably start with that. Actually, now that I think about it, we got to talk UFC. They had a big pay per view over the weekend. Bellator has one as well. Bellator has one this weekend. UFC actually off this weekend, which is uh, kind of weird. Can't find exactly what I was looking for. Nope, don't see it. So it must not have been anything big. Now, that we've wasted a couple minutes of the show already. If you would like to follow the show, you can, of course, go on uh, your favorite place to find the podcast or on-demand audio show. Type in Impact Media. You can also type in uh, Strong Style. It should come up. You can find um, all the shows from Impact Media listed on Twitter at Team Impact Media. At the Impact 99, we'll find myself, which I'll also post the shows. You'll find that on Twitter. You'll find that on TikTok. You will find that on Triller. And you will find that on Instagram. That is how to find me. On top of Facebook, you can just general search any of those terms. It should come up. If you are so inclined to give us a rating, review, have a question, comment, suggestion, any of that, please do that in the proper places where you found this show. And we will uh, promptly, we listen to you guys. You guys want us to talk about something? We'll talk about it. You guys uh, feel like we neglected something? That's fine. We will get to it. Questions, comments, suggestions, like I said. All kinds of fun stuff. Anyway, as I said, there are uh, AEW's got some stuff going on. There was actually New Japan on television. I've got an update for them as well. Like I said, we'll get into some fighting a little later. But let's start right there. The Royal Rumble is this weekend for the WWE. Uh, now that I think about it, do I have it on here somewhere? I do not. I was hoping that maybe... Nope, I do not know whether it is Saturday or Sunday. 
believe it's Saturday. They're starting to do some events more on Saturday. I don't know if they are trying to go more head-to-head with the UFC and uh, Bellator does Friday nights. Or if uh, they're just realizing that they're doing really good numbers on a Saturday. Imagine that. More people are prone to stay in and watch a pay-per-view on a Saturday and stay up late on a Sunday. Kind of interesting there, right? Anyway, the Royal Rumble is this weekend. Let's talk about some of the matches there. That's pretty much going to be the Raw and SmackDown segments or parts of this show because there's, if it's not Royal Rumble related, it's not that important going on for them right now because the Royal Rumble technically kicks off the road to WrestleMania. This is how they start to shape the ever-evolving carousel cluster that is... WrestleMania, things can change. Uh, COVID has had a lot to do with different things here and there. Who knows what could change between here and there because of things like that. I mean, they already had to call it Audible from day one, not from actual day one, but the name of the pay-per-view was day one here in Atlanta. And Roman couldn't go, so they had to do something different. Speaking of which, let's start right there. Roman Reigns is going to defend his title against Seth Rollins. Thanks to Seth and KO, Kevin Owens winning a tag match versus the Usos on SmackDown. The Usos are not allowed near ringside. I'm not sure how. This should be a great match. Uh, Potentially, in looking at it, besides the two Rumbles, there's only four matches. Uh, this, This should be the better match of, of the four. They're not, they're going to be good. All of them are going to be pretty good, but you, you'll get what I mean in a minute. I feel like Roman is still going to find some sort of controversial way to be involved. To, I mean, not to be involved, but to do something. Maybe it uh, involves another guy. Uh, I mean, Solo Sokoa, who I believe is the Usos' brother or cousin something like that. That means he's related to Roman, too. I mean, he's down there in NXT. That's not saying he couldn't show up and do something. It's not saying that uh, Kevin Owens couldn't come and, and screw over Seth Rollins. It's uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that could happen. I hope they just let the two of them go. Obviously, it makes the most sense for Roman to retain, which is my overall pick, although Seth freaking Rollins, they had to bring him over from Raw because everybody from SmackDown has pretty much been defeated by Roman Reigns. So you almost need a little bit of controversy because the pay-per-view following Royal Rumble, as it usually is, is the Elimination Chamber. Six on one side, six on another. Six Raw, six SmackDown. Uh, there may be a women's chamber uh, if they were... I, I don't particularly condone the match because it's so brutal. It's like war games. You all you always get at least one or two who are just out for like a month after this match. But if they're going to build to the elimination chamber, which ultimately sets up WrestleMania, uh, you know you could you could have Seth win. You could actually have Seth win, either win the match or and uh, not win the title. You know, going by DQ or count out or things like that. Um, you could have him actually win the title, which would be a little controversial, a little weird. 
and you could and and then he goes into elimination chamber and Roman wins it back or Roman finds a way to get that return match at Royal Rumble not Royal Rumble at WrestleMania um I really just think Roman retains I don't see like I said I'm, I'm a bigger Seth fan than I am Roman big fan of both if I have to choose I, I like Seth better but what Roman's done in the last couple of years is is fascinating. Just fascinating. Overall pick, though, I'm taking Roman Reigns. We've got Edge and his wife, Beth Phoenix, versus Miz and his wife, Maurice. I just, I don't know what they're doing because Edge and the Miz should be in the Royal Rumble if they're not already. Uh, if Beth and Maurice wanted to face off, okay. This this would have been one of those uh, let's fill out WrestleMania by putting a lot of talent in one match. This was a, a decent WrestleMania match. And we're doing it at Royal Rumble. I don't know where they're going with this. Is it going to lead to a Royal Rumble match? Because all it's doing is taking two people who could be heavyweight contenders in Edge and Miz and taking them out of the heavyweight title. The title picture at all. You know, it uh, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, overall, who do I think is going to win? Probably Edge and Beth Phoenix. It'd be kind of weird for her to come back to lose, even though Maurice, I mean, Maurice has been around a little bit here and there. Plus, overall, best power advantage is probably the best. She could probably take out Maurice better than Miz or Edge could cancel each other out. Overall, I'm going to take Edge and Beth in that one. I think it'll be okay. It'll be a lot of weird interaction spots as opposed to actual... It'll be more about content than contact. We'll put it that way. Uh, that moves us to Becky Lynch defending her women's her Raw Women's title against Dewdrop. Not a lot of build-up for Dewdrop. She, she won a triple threat match, and then uh, her and Becky have just had a couple awkward moments in the ring. It's not that G-Drop's not, not ready for it or something like that. It's just it, this came out of nowhere. So, of course, Becky Lynch is going to retain. Uh, I do like Dewdrop. She adds a different dimension. The fact that she is, I believe, Scottish. Do not want to insult her, so in case she's not, she's Welsh. I'm pretty sure she's Scottish. I like the different player in the fact I hate using that word too there. I like the she brings something completely different to the table. The way she talks, the way she moves, the way she interacts is different from practically everybody on the roster. The only person remotely close that she talks like is either Lynch or uh Nikki Cross. Nikki Ash, whatever you want to call it. Uh Lynch is gonna retain Dewdrop is just a filler. My guess is whoever wins the Rumble, the Women's Rumble, is going to take on Becky Lynch. Who could Who could it be? I don't know. There's a lot of angles. They've got a lot of people coming back. Some Ray, Mickey James from Impact Wrestling. I mean, I don't know how they work that out logistically, but what if Mickey James wins? And then you get the Raw Women's Champ versus the Impact Wrestling Women's Champ. 
That'd be interesting. The problem with that is if you bring in somebody who automatically wins everything, as they normally promote somebody who wins everything, it tells me that you think the rest of your the rest of your roster is not as good as who you brought in. Sometimes that's the case. Now, there's a giant rumor, and by rumor it is uh, one of the most unworst kept secrets is that Ronda Rousey has been training. Ronda Rousey is uh, its more of a when than if she shows up. So, could she show up for the Royal Rumble? Yeah, it's the best time in the world to bring back people like that. Uh, whether they're one-offs or whether they're going to be back for a little while. Uh, it seems like Ronda has done almost everything she wanted to away from the ring to where she wants to get back in. That's, that's going to be fun. Could she win the Royal Rumble in, in uh, her and Becky Lynch? If Ronda's back in shape, then I'm comfortable with that. Because she's someone that kind of exited at the top. So if she came back in at the top, I think people would buy it. So, got my pen out here. I'm going to actually say Ronda Rousey is my pick to win that one. Now, I know what you say. There's not a SmackDown women's title match with Charlotte Flair. She's actually in the Royal Rumble because if she wins the Rumble, then she gets to choose her opponent. I just told you I don't think she's going to win the Rumble. And I don't think Ronda is going to eliminate her. And here's why. Because whoever throws Charlotte Flair, well, actually she could. I just had an epiphany of an idea. Whoever throws Charlotte out is going to be Charlotte's opponent moving forward, whether that's WrestleMania, whether that's Elimination Trevor, whatever it is, her next future opponent. What if Ronda Rousey throws Charlotte Flair out and wins the Royal Rumble? Then she can choose to go against Becky Lynch, and then Charlotte can pull a power play, as I'm sure she does, and say, no, 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 I want a piece of Ronda. She's facing me. And then Adam Pierce or Sonya Deville, whichever one it wants to be, whichever, whichever person wants to step up and do this, I think Adam Pierce should do it. They say, here's a better idea. How about we have a triple threat match at WrestleMania? And let's throw this fun stipulation on it. WWE, I swear, you should put me on the payroll. This is great. And for anybody that listens to this, if you love my idea, let me know. And if you hate my idea, let me know. And if you're in the middle and you're wondering, should you like this or not, let me know. You get your triple threat. If Rhonda... No, let's start, let's start with the other way. If Rhonda get, yeah, if Rhonda gets pinned by either champion, then no harm, no foul. Uh, just goes down as a win and a triple threat match. You know, we're not swapping titles. We're not doing a winner-take-all, no. But if either champion is pinned, whether that's by Ronda or whether that's by the other person, then that whoever gets the pinfall gets that belt. So if Charlotte gets pinned by Becky or if she gets pinned by Ronda, 
then they are the new SmackDown champions. So, yes, Becky could have both belts. Becky two belts could be back. If Becky Lynch gets pinned by Charlotte, well, then it would be Charlotte two belts. Because she would have the Raw belt. If Ronda pins Becky, then she's the Raw champion. I very much think that's where they should go with this. Let's, let's go with that. So Lynch to retain. Rousey, Rousey throws out Charlotte. Wins the Royal Rumble. Goes on to WrestleMania as a triple threat. And with that crazy stipulation. I love it. Uh, let's talk uh, Let's talk Men's Rumble. The Sami Zayn-Johnny Knoxville angle where uh, Knoxville is going to not only be in the Rumble, but he's thrown Sami Zayn over the top rope multiple times in the last few weeks is hilarious. And if any celebrity was going to come in, and don't worry, Johnny's been training some. He's not going to come into this blind. He's not stupid. He may make his. He may have made a lot of money by doing some dumb physical things, but he's not stupid. So that angle is going to be fun. Sami Zayn is is the perfect person to work with on that. They're going to have some fun interaction. It's going to be great. We're going to see people here and there. Um, there's a rumor that, that I guess we'd call him Dean Ambrose at that point, but John Moxley could potentially be a weird entrant in the Royal Rumble. I, I don't see that because Tony Khan goes out of his way to yell at the WWE a lot. So I don't see that forbidden door open. But as far as who's going to win the Rumble, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, you could say Kevin Owens. You could say Damian Priest. Um... There's a, a ton of people that could legitimately make a claim and, and be a potential WrestleMania headliner. There's, I mean, not a ton. There's just a couple. But, you know, it's not going to be the Mysterios. It's not going to be the Dirty Dogs or any of those guys. But I, I would say KO or Priest is crazy as it sounds. A returning John Cena, a returning Rock, if they were to come back. I could see one of them winning it, even though they should be in their own match. Um, let's see. I thought I had a, uh, a semi... I think last time I checked, the list I had had like 21 of the women listed and like uh, let's see. Let's go down through here. Not none of them. Uh, Sheamus. Shame. I could see Sheamus. Damian Priest, AJ Styles, Big E. Big E. What do you think about that? I think uh, Big E back in the big time. That that's that's one of where uh, AJ Styles has been putting over too much younger talent lately. Um. Orton is interesting, although he's put over some people here lately, too. Um, of the people listed here, I'm going to say Kevin Owens, Big E, Damian Priest. And I'm going to go ahead and make it official that Big E is going to be... I think they could throw a surprise in there. Big E is... is my pick. 
And then that leaves us Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman versus defending his uh, Raw championship against Bobby Lashley with MVP. Now, see, here's the thing. I don't, I don't need, uh, I don't need Brock to just dominate him because I don't think you can dominate Bobby Lashley like that. We've already talked about the matchup as far as uh, their backgrounds, former military, amateur wrestling, MMA fighting, pro wrestling, uh, just everything they've done. They've they've been fantastic at. I think at some point you uh, Lesnar's going to win. But eventually we're going to see Lashley and some other ones in a chamber. And maybe you go, you go Lesnar, Lashley, Seth, Roman, Big E, and Kevin Owens and do a six-person elimination chamber with three from Raw, three from SmackDown. I mean, that's, that's possible. I think I did four and two with that one. But either way. But over, I, I'm taking Lesnar. I don't think there's going to be a title change at Royal Rumble. If there is, it's the SmackDown title, and it, I just don't see it. But there you go for that. I just spent about 18 and a half minutes talking about the Royal Rumble. But it's big. It's one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. Hopefully, hopefully you guys get a chance to see it, or at least see the highlights, and uh, it should be fun. But let's go to NXT. NXT, L.A. Knight calls out Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller says, ah, you can't touch me. I have a restraining order. you got to stay within 50 feet. L.A. Knight said, well, that's fine. Uh, I may have to stay within 50 feet. That guy doesn't. And Dexter Loomis comes out. And so L.A. Knight gives Waller the opportunity. I'm not going to go match by match in this, but he gives him just the highlights. He gives him the option. He goes, well, you can wave that little... 50-foot rule and get your uh, rear stomp by me, or you could keep it intact and get your rear stomp by him. So he chooses Loomis. Good choice, even though uh, some big dude, I didn't really get a good look at who it was, some big dude in the crowd helps Waller out a little bit. Loomis loses, Waller wins. Um, Waller could use a sidekick, but he's already a kind of big dude on his own. He doesn't. Uh, I think it should should either be a manager or you know, something. Although he can talk, so there's no reason for a manager. An enforcer could work, but uh, they really like Waller. They really like him a lot, enough to keep him away from Braun, uh, Braun Breaker, who we'll get to in a minute. Uh, they did part of the quarterfinals for the Dusty Memorial Tag Tournament. Creed Brothers upset Jensen and Briggs. Oh, I really like Jensen and Briggs. Creed Brothers are okay. Uh, big win for the Creed Brothers, though. I, I thought they they uh, looked really good. And Jensen and Briggs uh, looked good as well, even though they didn't get the win. Uh, they had another... Where is it? Yeah, they had Legato Del Fantasma, the tag team from that squad versus Idris Inafe and Malik Blade. And uh, Blade and Inafe actually end up with the win in this, so they're going to move on in the tournament. Uh, fantastic win for them. Looks like Santos Escobar is going to be the next Braun Breaker 
opponent. That's a good chance to help showcase the young champ. And it's a good, uh, it's going to be a, a good test for him as well because Santos is a seasoned veteran. He has been a world champ in other promotions. He will bring a lot out of Braun that we have not seen yet. Um, and the other thing that was uh, kind of big was Roderick Strong took on Walter. I'm going to put that in quotations. Walter, which is what has basically been his name for a long time on the indie scene. He, of course, is the Imperium leader. Now they're down to a trio, which works better. The tag team and the and the, uh, the heavyweight leader. This big, strong dude really works well. Does a lot of fantastic things. Uh, of course, Walter ends up winning this. And uh, then he grabs a microphone. And before they can announce him as the winner... He says the winner of this match is Gunther. Yep, WWE has changed his name. A lot of people were upset by this. Okay. And uh, some people are kind of indifferent. And some people are uh, kind of like, okay, let's do something different. Here's what I'll... Where I've, I'll tell you where I fall on this after I explain why I think they are doing this. For one... Uh, the Walter name is good, but uh, they clearly have a plan with Guther. Not sure what it is yet, but I know part of that plan is the fact that they like to change names to things they can copyright, a.k.a. if your name is, let's say his name is Walter Smith. Well, if he goes by Walter, then he owns 100% of his name, I believe, or at least 80% of it. Meaning, if they sell a t-shirt that's got the word Walter on it, he gets a lot bigger cut. And they have less control over the way he uses it. Where if they swap his name to something else, a.k.a. Gunther, then they have control over it. And that's what I think the WWE is doing. Yes, they have a direction. Yes, they are wanting to do something in particular with this. However... I think a lot of it has to do with business. So, good for them. Walter agreed to it. He probably has no problem with it. He's probably getting paid quite well. Uh, and uh, he will take Gunther and make Gunther a, uh, a giant household name as well. Where do I fall on it? I'm okay with it. I like the Walter brand that they had going. I like the things they were doing. I like the way he's built it up. Every time you see his face, you think Walter. But I want to see where they go with Gunther. We'll know tomorrow night. So it's another one of those wait and sees. I, I think at some point he could be a challenge for Braun Breaker for the belt, as he should be. He should actually have a run with the belt. And I would actually... I would actually at some point want to see him on Raw or SmackDown. Somewhere down the road. Not, not, not right now. He's got some stuff to do with Imperium. Because I think when they do get called up, I think Imperium should go with him. But there's NXT. Oh, uh, let's 
let's get New Japan. Let's talk about New Japan. They actually are back on television uh, here locally Thursdays on Access Television. They follow Impact Wrestling. It is from eight to ten, and then like eleven to one or something like that. They just replay it. Uh, New Japan, though. The update on them is because of some outbreaks, virus-related, and some of the symptoms, and, and a handful of people contract trace, contact tracing and things like that. They have actually canceled a lot of their live events for, or the rest of their live events for the rest of January, which, let's think about this. Today is the, what, 24th? So they are canceling about a week's worth of shows. Basically send everybody home, everybody get well, everybody don't be out in public, do the right thing. Makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure how many stars from other promotions are currently in New Japan. You know, Moxley a lot of times goes back and forth. He recently just returned, that we'll talk about in a minute, to AEW. So I would imagine he is not on a New Japan taping. But a couple of ones that go back and forth, it will be interesting to see. If they stay over in Japan or if they uh, are stateside and stay over here. But they showed a match, a grudge match from 2018. It is roughly titled the Battle of Winnipeg. As uh, there are three famous wrestlers that I am giant fans of from Winnipeg. I had forgotten about the third one until they said so. But Chris Jericho. Went to do Japan back in 2018. That's before he started the AEW stuff. And uh, he took on Kenny Omega, who had the Young Bucks down there. They played paid, played no part in this. And Omega and Jericho beat the crap out of each other for about 42 minutes or so. And it's a fantastic match. And Omega ends up winning eventually. Uh, but just, it, this is two veterans, this is the Battle of Winnipeg, as I said. Both of them are from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. The third famous wrestler from there that I bet you couldn't guess unless you just know is Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yep, he's Canadian. He has Scottish route, uh, roots, but he is from Canada. Bet you didn't know that, but uh, there's there's three of my favorite wrestlers. I have a lot of favorite wrestlers, but those are three uh, really good ones. Uh, but like I said, this was a fantastic match. In the end, Omega wins. And uh, it was it was just a really really good match. This is when Omega was on a giant run as the champ over there, as the uh, North American champ. Actually, this was a main event, and this is North American champ. It'll be interesting to see what they show or reshow. They did, I think, complete Wrestle Kingdom. I believe they, they it was in five parts, which means it was a two night event, about five or six hours long. Uh, I haven't seen any of that on television yet, but hey, they just canceled all their live events. So anything they were going to show on television, my guess is Russell kingdom highlights would, that would be what I would show. Let's talk impact wrestling. We just mentioned them. Um, the ROH group, the ring of honor group, of course, which is Maria, Mike Bennett, 
PCO, Vincent, and Matt Taven all showed up again. Scott DeBoer said, hey, guys, I'll be honest. I, 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 and they had tickets. He goes, I'll be honest. I, I have no problem with you guys being here. And, and uh, you bought tickets. And yeah, let me see those tickets. And he took them and he ripped them up. But he goes, no, 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 I'm not kicking you out. Uh, I have a special luxury box for you guys, which was just a, a little platform that sat over over from the ring. He said, you guys are welcome to watch the uh, main event or whatever you're going to watch. You're up there, and then when it's over, you're out. You're done. So they said, fine. So they actually did that. Um, this invasion angle is interesting. The, the only thing that's kind of weird is they really, you got Maria, who's a pretty decent wrestler, but you've, of all the people they've attacked or or came after, haven't really hit any of the females yet. So I'm not sure which one would make the most sense, but maybe, maybe they should think about that. Because they eventually take on a group that will probably be Josh Alexander and Eddie Edwards. And uh, I think Heath and Rhino came out there. And, and uh, just a handful of uh, the, the same usuals. I wish they'd build a better group because not the person. But if that's the group that's going to take on the Ring of Honor group, the Ring of Honor group's going to win. Because that is an exceptional amount of talent. And not saying the, the Impact Wrestling's not. It's just, as far as this goes, yeah, it's uh, it's not very balanced. Uh, the other big thing that happened was Charlie Haas come back. I, I didn't know he was still wrestling. But Charlie Haas come back. He took on Josh Alexander. This was a very Matt-based, if you're familiar with Josh Alexander, it was very his style. Because Charlie Haas has the same style, very amateur wrestling-based, kind of MMA-based. Not a lot of strikes, a lot more holds, and actual map-based wrestling. Of course, Josh Alexander wins. I'm not sure if they're going to keep pulling random people back and take him on like this to keep him away from the world title, but uh, he deserves at least his rematch, even if he gets screwed out of that, because he did lose the title in a weird way, and he deserves a chance to get it back, because he, he worked so hard to get to it, and then it's like it's been swept under the rug, so... Uh, that was pretty much Impact Wrestling. Let's go to AEW Dynamite. I told you John Moxley returned. He started out. He had a uh, interesting promo to start with. By interesting, he, he was he was very upfront about where he had been. He went to rehab. He has an alcohol problem. You know, so they didn't say past tense. He had because people that have substance issues and people that have other issues that battle depression and other things like that, whether it's substance, whether it's psychological, whether it's physical, whatever it is, it's an ongoing everyday battle. If you have a problem with a substance, you never 100% get over it. You battle it every day. And there are success, success stories. There are people that have relapses. And, uh, you know, all we can do is try to support them and help them the best we can. Um, but he come out and he said, yeah, I... He looks a lot smaller, but he looks in better shape. He looked happier. Uh, he had great color. And it was good that he came out, and he was just up front. He's like, hey, I got a problem. And I went and dealt with it, and I'm going to continue to deal with it. And now I'm back, and I want to wreck some stuff. We'll get to that in a minute. 
We had a power couple of Adam Cole, Pepe, and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. We took on Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. Of course, Adam Cole and Britt Baker win that particular match. Uh, this, this is a fun... Adam Cole, Orange Cassidy is a, is a great feud. When you add in Britt Baker and Chris Statlander, it, it becomes more interesting. This is more or less what I think WWE is either copying or trying to take advantage of with uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Miz and Maurice. But... It just is missing the magic that uh, this particular feud in AEW has. It just seems like they're going to do a lot more with it. Now, there are other people attached to these people where Edge and Miz don't really have an entourage. They've pretty much gotten rid of all that. In fact, their entourages are mostly in AEW. Except for John Morrison. I'm not sure where, I'm not sure where John Morrison is right now. He's, he's around here somewhere. Um, they are playing up the Jericho-Eddie Kingston feud. It looks like Santana and Ortiz were like, hey, Jericho, uh, watch what you say, because uh, we're homeboys with Eddie. We may be in a faction with you, but we're homeboys with Eddie, too, so don't make us choose a side. That could be interesting. I know Jericho is wanting to go more part-time, and uh, if he's here to put over Eddie Kingston and boost him even more, holy crap, That what a boost. Because I feel like the inner circle could kind of disperse a little bit. Uh, Guevara's kind of doing his own thing on the side. Jericho could take a step back. Santana and Ortiz could go with, with Kingston. be interesting to see what Hager does. If Jake Hager, um, he kind of needs almost to join up with somebody. I mean, he could join up with Sammy, I guess. But uh, he's, he should join up with somebody else. And I mean... Him and Wardlow could be a good tag team if Wardlow splits from MJF. Once again, this time AEW. Um, I'm not hard to get a hold of. Got a bunch more ideas like this. That was off the top of my head. We've got to see Sean Spears get squashed by CM Punk. I'm still not a fan of squash matches, but the fact that Sean Spears lost in less than a minute was kind of funny. Uh, MJF did not like it whatsoever. He sat down to do commentary, and by the time he started to yap his mouth the first time, he uh, realized the match was over. Pretty funny. Uh, Cody come out, and as much as as much as he's just become just weird lately, as far as just is he 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 needs to turn heel, or should he turn heel, or He's acting this way, and all of a sudden he gets a title shot, and he takes the title from Sammy, and then now he's been out being sick, and now he's back, and uh, it just its it just looks like a, a Charlotte privilege thing. Uh, he come out and had, a, had some good points he made in a promo about how he has been the anti, basically the anti-norm and the anti-WWE when WWE was pushing for these certain types of things, he was one of the main ones who was keeping all this stuff going. Not just him, other people. But he made some good points. If you want to go back and watch it, I, I suggest it. It's, it's about six or seven, eight minutes long and 
probably five of it is really good, and the other three of it is stuff he just had to say. Uh, the fact that Malachi Black has has recruited Brody King to join him, I said this last week, holy crap. You talk about two, not unstable, um, two chaotic cannonballs. Think of a the Super Bowl as a kid. For people who are, are too young to know what a Super Bowl is, it was a it was a giant rubber ball that you would just chuck as hard as you could down a hallway, and just it bounces all over the place, and just it just wrecks everything because it ends up hitting everything. It breaks stuff. It, it's probably why half of us were in trouble as kids all the time. Imagine that. A little rubber ball causes so much havoc. Well, these are giant Super Bowls and Malachi Black and Brody King. Uh, they just crushed the Varsity Blondes, who did a good job. But then at the end, a video plays where Pac, or Pac, I think it's Pac is how he says it. He comes on the giant screen. He says, Malachi, my vision's returning. I'll see you soon. Which is fantastic, but he's going to have to recruit somebody to help him now that Brody King has joined Malachi. The only person that comes to mind immediately is uh, El Zero, or Penta El Zero Miedo, because Ray Phoenix uh, smashed his arm up, losing the tag titles a couple weeks ago to Jungle Express. So... You could kind of see that, but it, as good as those two wrestlers are, against Balakai and Brody King that are just just bulls in china shops, man. It, I, they're going to be real hard to, to combat. It, like It's like this. What Malachi and Brody can do together, Brody King can do together, you want to keep Darby and Sting away from them, you probably want to keep Jungle Express away from them, keep the Young Bucks away from them. Your your top popular tag teams and, and the ones you use a lot, you want to keep them away from them because if they got into the tag division, they're real hard to take out. Real hard to take out. Uh, let's see. We had Frankie Kazarian who took on the returning Lance Archer who not only has Jake the Snake Roberts come out with him, but he now has Dan Lambert. Kind of a weird angle there. I'm not sure why Dan Lambert is out there with him. Uh, Jake can run his mouth pretty well. Archer's not bad. Maybe Dan Lambert just likes Lance Archer. I don't know. But, uh, of course, Archer wins that match there, trying to build him back into the murder hawk that he was. It seems like him and Hangman are going to eventually get into it. But once again, we have a number one contender for a belt, or somebody who steps up to challenge for a top belt, and no build-up or no nothing at all. You should have had Archer interfering and doing other things. You should have had some sort of build-up. Him uh, slowly messing with him in the back or something. But uh, th those two will be fun. Oh, and think. Uh, well, no, I'll, I'll add that in a minute. Um... And then the Acclaimed took on Sting and Darby. The Acclaimed are a really cool tag team. I like a lot of the stuff they do. Uh, you got the mouthpiece, but they both can wrestle. They both are in good shape. They can really wrestle. I 
would like to see somewhere down the line. They stop putting people over and start pushing them a little bit. I think they could be a really good tag team moving forward that can they can stay up with those teams I mentioned before. But of course, Sting and Darby win that one. Uh, of note, at some point, Sting is up on the stage and he kind of walks into the entranceway a little bit, one of the entrances. And you're kind of curious what's going on. He takes off it. I call it a dead sprint. It was probably a, a power walk for most of us. Uh, bless his heart. But he takes off at a dead sprint and dives off the stage onto uh, one of the acclaimed and uh, just takes him out and goes through a table. Wow. Good for you, Stinger. Good for you, Stinger. You didn't do that when you when you were at your heyday years ago, and all of a sudden you come out and do that, wow, you won over another third of the crowd who was just thinking you're too old. You're not at all. You're kind of taking that Darby step, which was uh, was a little reckless, but fascinating. Fascinating. Go back and watch just that clip, because out of nowhere you just see him go flying off the stage into, I forgot which member of the acclaimed it was, but they both go through the table, and uh, man, it was better than the match. That moment was better than the match. Then we go to Rampage, which is their uh, weekly offering, usually on Fridays, I believe. Uh, Moxley took on Ethan Page. He ends up beating Ethan Page. He, uh, he uses a bulldog choke, which is something Moxley has not used a whole lot lately. He used it a lot in New Japan and other places like that. Um, but uh, he beats Ethan Page. Ethan Page decides he wants to hang around and kind of get in his face about it after he kind of chokes him out. And so he he gets a DDT for sticking around. The most notable thing is that as Moxley is exiting through the crowd and goes to walk back through his own little entranceway there, uh, Brian Danielson is standing there and he just applauds him. If we get that matchup, I am 100% on board. Let's do it. Danielson Moxley, I'll watch 100 times over. It will be better than Hangman Danielson, and those were really, really good. Because these two, Reckless Abandon, they will tear everything up. Uh, we were going to get the Young Bucks versus Rapani Vice. Except that Rocky Romero had some symptoms. And so he had to miss the taping. Had to miss the show. So instead we get Nick Nick Jackson versus Trent. They made a note that these two have faced in over 50 contests. Trent Beretta and Nick Jackson. This was the first singles match they've ever had. Which is crazy because you thought in one of the New Japan Cups that the two of these would have crossed paths. But they have not. Uh, Trent ends up getting the win over Nick Jackson here. Uh, the best friends finally get a win over the Elite. That was kind of fun. And uh, Trent Beretta, man, once his neck holds up and it seems like it's it's doing well, it's what he missed all that time for. He uh, Trent Beretta has always been a fantastic wrestler. To be as tall and as big as he is, uh, he he does the things like the Young Bucks do. And uh, it is uh, him and Chucky e. T are fantastic. They they do things that, that the Young Bucks do, and the Young Bucks just are, they're Super Bowls on their own. They're just not as destructive. Uh, the newest sensation in AEW is Taz's 
son, Hook. People love this kid. If you watch him, what's not to love? He looks like a uh, uh, an anime character with his with his hair done up, and he's a no nonsense. He's chewing his gum like uh, like Kurt Henning would. He comes down there, and it's like he he can't be. He he he's more ticked off that he's bothered by to, to be in this match. And he took on uh, Sir Pentico, and just Sir Pentico thought it'd be a good idea to shoot. Uh, streams of paper out of his hand, and about the time he did that, Hook had him up over his head already and just terrorized him. And so Hook wins, but the more important thing is, is Hook is interrupted by QT Marshall, or QT Marshall, who decides to just verbally abuse him. And uh, Hook just shakes his head and starts to walk off. QT flips him around. He goes, oh, what are you going to do? Hit me? You're going to hit me? You're going to hit me? Nope. He uh, suplexed him over the top of his head and dropped QT Marshall on the back of his uh, neck and shoulders. If that's the first real opponent Hook is going to get, Hook versus QT Marshall, that is going to be fantastic. For one, QT is a fantastic worker. He is a great mechanic, meaning he helps other people look great as he looks great in matches as well. And people would say, why QT Marshall? Because he's a throwaway. He's not a throwaway, first of all. Second of all, he runs the Nightmare Academy Wrestling School. There's a chance Hook has been spending some time there. If if not, that may have been where he came through. Or once you're in AEW, that's kind of the unofficial AEW school anyway. So there's a good chance that Hook has been working with Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall for a while. So why not wrestle your trainer in your first big feud? Makes perfect sense. By the way, though, Hook... Ah. I'm becoming a fan as well. <laughs> that dude, he, he gets it. Because if you see him away from the ring and some of the candid photos I've seen, oh, he's just fun-loving, uh, rides scooters around the arenas all the time, just has a good time. But he has no nonsense, very much like his dad, very much like a, uh, why are you bothering me for me to beat the crap out of you? He's, he's got, he, he could, he could, we're really getting ahead of it here, but he could really be somebody to build on in the future. You know, I talk about the Darbys and the MJFs and the Sammy Guevara's and, and the young guys like that. Uh, maybe moving forward, maybe Hook is one of those guys, too. We've got to see more. He hasn't wrestled a lot, but he is very fluid. He can do a thousand different suplexes, it seems, but Taz is your dad. Taz very much loved to suplex people. It's just fascinating that Hook is half the size of Taz, maybe a third of the size of Taz, and yet he can suplex like nobody's business. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the other match because, yeah. Uh, this Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, that'll be two days from now. We're doing this show on Monday. Beach Break is the latest television big event that... AEW is going to do. So AEW Beach Break will probably be Wednesday and Friday. And uh, they got some big matches planned for that. And we will talk more about those next week. Look at that. We're actually under time at the moment. That's a shocker. Uh, let's talk UFC. Now, the UFC had their big event. We know that. UFC 
It, and, uh, hey, they didn't disappoint, right? They didn't disappoint. Let's talk about the uh, notable wins, all right? Notable wins. Uh, Vanessa Demopoulos with the submission win over Sil Silvana Gomez-Juarez. Uh, Matt Frivola over Gennaro Valdez with the, uh, the big KO, man. Just <laughs> He caught him about three minutes in. It was bam. Who cut out the light switch? Um, Jack Della Maddalena. With the big KO of Pete Rodriguez. That, whew, I felt bad for Pete. Pete stepped in on short notice. And uh, ends, he was 4-0 coming in. He's 4-1 now. Uh, Pete was as prepared as he could be. But he was not ready for Jack. Man. You can call him Gentleman Jack. I don't know what you want to call him. But uh, I would call him a monster and a beast in the welterweight division. And uh, he's going to wreck some people. He is definitely going to wreck some people. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov. You get the big submission win over Cody Stamen. Michael Pereira, or Pereira with the uh, decision over Andre Fialo. Then the co-main event. I was called the sub-name, but uh, uh, they're both main events. But this was for the flyweight title. This is the third time that Brandon Moreno, who came in as the champ, took on Devison Figueredo, who was the champ previously. Like I said, they have fought three times. The first one was kind of back and forth. The second one was pretty one-sided. This one, Devison Figueredo wins his flyweight title back over Brandon Moreno. Unanimous decision. I would I would say I agree with what the judges said. If uh, Figueredo probably 60-40 over Brandon Moreno in that one. But, I mean, now we're to the point where a guy comes in as champ, he loses his belt to the guy who was the former champ. I don't care how many times they fought before. You've kind of got to consider running this one back. Unless one of them got got an injury, or Moreno wants to take a, a step back for a second, you know, kind of like Stipe did. Stipe has uh, yet to get his, his return match, which we will get to in a minute. From the, We'll talk about the guy who beat him was in the main event. Uh, if, you're, if you're in the UFC, yeah, in three or four months, this needs to happen again. Now, here's the thing. I would almost say... Let's take a break from these two for a minute. Have uh, Moreno can sit, or, sit back if he wants. Uh, Figueredo can defend against somebody else. You could have them both fight. You could have Moreno fight and uh, Figueredo uh, defend the belt. That's, that's what I would consider at this point. I would consider as much as we want to see them run it back. And I know I just said they should run it back, run it back, run it back. I'd give it a minute for it, too. Because they just went 25 minutes. They went five five-minute rounds. And uh, they lived a little bit of a break. 
But uh, good for Devis. Good for Figueredo. Gets his belt back. And uh, he proves that they always say you're only as good as your last fight. Well, a lot of people thought Moreno was, was levels ahead of him. Looks like they're a lot more even than you think. This was a completely different fight from the other two they've had. It was a fantastic fight. Then we get to the main event. Where interim heavyweight champ uh, Surreal Gone come in against the uh, the heavyweight champion of Francis Ngannou. Ngannou beat Stipe Miocic to win the belt. Except Stipe, Stipe should get a match soon, in my opinion. Because then that solves that. Whether Stipe wins or whether he doesn't, then that solves that loose end. Right now there's a loose end. And a lot of people say, yeah, Francis is uh, is, is going to lose this because Gon is going to come in and just, uh, he's got better mechanics, and he's going to just methodically and, and strategically and, and uh, cerebrally take him take him out of this fight, just pick and choose his, his battles here. I was one of those people. And everybody was like, well, the only chance Nganu has is he's got that, that shot to just drop uh, surreal gone, and, and it'd just be over in one shot, which he does. And then Ngannou, who we haven't heard much from in, in a while, did something nobody saw coming. Nobody. Anybody out there that claims they saw it coming are lying. They're, I'm pulling a chail sign in here. You're lying. Nobody saw that Francis Ngannou was going to come out and showcase a brand new skill. And guess what his brand new skill is? Somebody that is big as a friggin' tree. He is a tree trunk of a man. With knockout power for days. He could probably knock a bull out if he wanted to. And Ganu comes out. And he does something nobody's ever done to Surreal Gone. He wrestles with him and he takes him down. In his career, Surreal Gone had never been taken down. Officially taken down. He come in at ten and zero. He had never been taken down. Well, guess what Ngannou did? He took him down and wrestled him and outmaneuvered him, and won the unanimous decision. They went twenty five minutes as well. So congratulate, congratulations, gone. Look, he stepped in when they needed a champ, and he took it from Derek Lewis, and he said, "Derek Lewis, you are not the number one contender. I am." We all agreed. And Francis Ngannou said, oh, wait, you forgot about me. I'm the real champ. Now, I don't want to take away from Gon because, yeah, he was a real champ, too. I, I, I don't recognize Interim as a, as a placeholder or a number one contendership. A belt's a belt. He had a belt. But Ngannou is now your champion. And that brings up a couple things we have to discuss. Uh, Francis Ngannou got it to where uh, about half of his guaranteed money for this fight was paid to him in Bitcoin. If it gets paid in the right Bitcoin and that goes up, then that that's that's basically like starting a an IRA or a, or a savings account or something like that. It's just going to grow. It's going to do good things, or he could trade it and do what he wants. It's interesting. He's a first fighter to do that, but he's the most high profile so far. So, good for him on that. But the bigger story is that 
how many fights does Francis have left on the contract? Maybe one, maybe none. This is a CM Punk situation. Do you guys remember when CM Punk become the uh, the spinner belt world champion in WWE and he was no longer under contract and so he basically left the company and had to and Triple H had to scramble to make him a good enough offer to come back. So they got their belt. When God it was kind of in a similar situation here. And what's not helping things is the rift between him and Dana White. What kind of riff am I talking about? Well, here's the riff. This contract situation has a lot to do with it. You know how normally Dana White puts the belt on the person who wins the championship at events, at, at the UFC events? Yeah, he was not there for this. It's not that he wasn't in the building. He was there. He chose not to be there to put the belt on Nganu. Just fine. Maybe it's his way of stepping back. It's just weird that of all people, it was him. Uh, and also, Dana chose not to attend the post-fight press conference where Nganu was at. Uh, Nganu said both of those things were news to me until they happened. And uh, you guys can just kind of see where things are at. This is interesting. This is, this is pro-wrestling entertaining style. Except that it's real, real. This is real life that Francis and Dana aren't getting along right now. Uh, Francis is not looking at defending his title next, which sucks for uh, Ty Tuavasa or Derek Lewis, who are going to face off in a couple months or in a month or so at UFC 271, I believe. Uh, this sucks for Stipe Miocic, who has such... Or John Jones, even even John Jones. What about poor John Jones, right? Poor John Jones. How many times that... That didn't get said much. But anyway, what is the UFC and Dana White going to do? Because what Francis Ngannou wants to do is he wants to go box... Tyson Fury with MMA gloves, where he's going to make three, four, five times in that one night, but what he probably does per fight or even more in the UFC. And is he going to start being more of a prize fighter and doing those kind of events? And not only is he holding up the division, In doing that, but he is basically holding the title hostage to a point. I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with it, but I don't work for the UFC. If I worked for the UFC, I would probably say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we got to have the belt back. If you're not going to defend it, then uh, we got to have another interim thing, and, and maybe uh, Tua Vasa versus Derek Lewis is the new interim." Yeah, here's the problem with that: is I just told you that I would actually say Steve Miocic is, is the number one contender. And I would actually say John Jones is probably number two. So how can you possibly have an interim thing unless you're going to do some sort of uh, kind of Grand Prix thing a little bit where you could have uh, Tua Vasa and Derek Lewis and then you could have Stipe and John Jones if John wants to do that. I, who knows what John Jones wants to do? I don't think John Jones knows what he wants to do. But you could have the winners of those 
fights take on each other, and the winner of that becomes the interim belt holder. Or at some point, you just look at Francis Ngannou. This is what I mean. This is kind of the old wrestling trick, but uh, that they did on TV. But it actually does work. You look at Francis and you say, "You have X amount of time to book the fight to defend that, or to defend that belt." Or we take it from you. Now, it's one thing if it's, oh, they're just not giving him fights that they're holding out. But no, if the UFC has to give him potential fights. Like, they could say, do you want to face Stipe Miocic? And if Nganu says, no, not right now, uh, only on a Tuesday, whatever he says. If he says no, then you say, okay. Do you want to face John Jones? And he says, no. Okay. Then I would say option three. Option three. These are the three options you get. Option three. Do you want to face the winner of two? I need to make sure I'm just, I'm got that right. Okay, because this is co made Yeah. Do you want to face, and this is... On the 12th of February is when UFC 271 is. It's Adesanya Whitaker 2, but the co-main event is Derek Lewis tied to Abbasa. Do you say, option three. You only get three options. Option three. There is a, well, there's a fourth option. We'll get the fourth option. Do you want to face the winner of Derek Lewis tied to Abbasa? If Nganu says no, then you say, you have six months from right now to defend that belt. So this is what? Uh, end of January. We'll say mid-January. So he would have, let's see, February, March, April, May, June, July. By the end, we'll say the end of July. By the end of July, you need to have defended that belt or, or put it on the line once. And those are the three options. If you have not at that point, and see, here's the thing, is that people would say, oh, well, he's got to have enough time. And what? I said, if he is healthy, and, and don't dog an injury and don't claim you have one just so you can go fight Tyson Fury because that could delay this a little bit. But at that point, you say, if you do not take one of those three options by the end of July, if you have not took, done, uh, completed one of those, we're going to take the belt. And we're, they technically can do that, I believe. I think they have a, an obligation to, to have to protect the sport and do that. And uh, if you're in Ghanu, those are, those are great choices, unless you have another plan. Now, I understand that he could put this boxing match in the middle of all this and really wreck it. But once again, if I'm Dana, or maybe Dana should stay out of this and let... Uh, some of the other officials of the UFC, there are other ones, including the matchmaker, say, hey, you present this to him and say, if you haven't done it in this time period and we just gave you multiple options, maybe they take other options, but I would give him two or three options because he is a champ. And I know his contract dispute is about money, so sit down and talk about it. If you guys can't reach a decision... And it is what it is. And I think that's that's just what you have to do. 
I have nothing against the UFC. I have nothing against Dana White. I have nothing against what's it, Sean Shelby, I believe, is the matchmaker. I have nothing against Francis Ngannou or anybody. But you cannot let talent hold your business hostage. Famous quote from Vince McMahon, nobody is bigger than the business. That includes Vince, because at one point down the road, the WWE will say, will, will decide they are done with Vince McMahon. Long before Vince McMahon de- decides that he is done with the WWE. He will consider stepping away, but he will not step away before the WWE steps tells him to step away. No one is bigger than the business, and no one is bigger than the sport. This is where we're at with Nganu and the UFC. The UFC have got to quit big-dogging people, which they don't always do. They're a very fair, fair organization for the most part from things I know. But if you're in Ghanu, you finally get to be the champ. You finally defend it in great fashion. You looked fantastic. I understand that you want to box Tyson Fury. And that's fine. Because if I'm the UFC, I was like, okay, bring us in on this deal. Not just so we make the money, but no, you are our talent. You are under contract with us. Like I said, I think he has one fight left. It's like, if you want to renegotiate, we will do a deal where uh, we mutually agree on uh, upping the money you get, which is champ. You get championship bonuses and stuff anyway. But at that point, you say, we will redo this deal, or we will do a new deal. But part of that deal is where we factor in to Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou in whatever sort of uh, prize-fighting boxing match spectacle this is. Because, hey, I want to see it too. That's what I think needs to happen. That's what I think needs to happen. I, I don't know of another way that it, that it would happen. It would make better sense. But they got to do what they got to do there. Now, like I said, the UFC, uh, they will have a fight night in a couple weeks, first week of February, Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland. Holy crap, is that going to be something? Uh, Bellator 273 is this weekend. The two biggest fights are the main event and the co-main event. The co-main event is a lightweight battle between Islam, Mamadov, and Benson Henderson. That should be fantastic. Benson proven that age is just a number that he can still go, but Islam looking to put that next notch in his belt and uh, catapult up the rankings. And then the main event, because this is in Arizona, I believe, which is not far from the person I'm about to mention's hometown or where he currently lives. But the main event... is the heavyweight champion. This is the same thing that hap- that just happened with UFC. Heavyweight champion, Ryan Bader, who the reason why he didn't defend his belt was not because he was injured or anything like that, like Ngannou. It's because he was in the light heavyweight. He was in the light heavyweight Grand Prix, which he was a uh, semifinalist in. Or was he a finalist? May have been a finalist. Either way. Either way, Ryan Bader is going to defend his heavyweight title against the interim 
title holder at the moment, Valentin Moldovsky, who has been terrorizing people in Ryan Bader's absence. Uh, that's that's just going to be a fantastic fight. Uh, Bader does outweigh him by a little bit, so we will see uh, when they officially weigh in how that will go. That is this weekend, I believe. That is this Saturday, and that is at the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona, which, yep, is not far from where Ryan Bader currently dwells. So we will see if home field advantage happens. But uh, Bellator on a weekend by themselves. Good for them. I don't know if they plan it that way or not. UFC taking the week off. They plan to uh, – uh, They Bellator should do well. It's, it's a stack card. Uh, go check it out. The, the Bellator app is fantastic. Uh, you can uh, do some fun interactive things as well. Uh, and then last, i got to get to this because you guys ask about it. And I, I heard even uh, old Uncle Chael talking about it. Amanda Nunes has left American Top Team. Yep, Dan Lambert, while being on AEW, just lost one of his top talents. She apparently is starting her own gym in Denver, Colorado, somewhere. I think she's out from that area. Uh, American Top Team out of Florida. And uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of times when you lose a big high-profile event, or, or fight like she just did to Juliana Pena. Congratulations, Juliana again. Well done. She survived the first round and then choked out Amanda and just wore her out the second. Um, a lot of times when you lose a big high-profile fight, you change camps, you do things different. So a lot of people think, hey, maybe she's doing that. Maybe the stars just align where she's able to open her own gym as she's always wanted to. There's that too. Here's my thought. Here's something that, once again, I've said Cheryl Sounding's name about five times now. I'm going to say it again. Here's something even Uncle Cheryl didn't mention, and I'm going to bring it up to him. What if this has to do with Kayla Harrison? What if the talk around American Top Team area is that uh, people are excited for Kayla to maybe come to the UFC? so she could fight Amanda, and that it is dividing American top team, or that maybe a majority of the people are siding with Kayla. And, you know, it's maybe the, the fresh, hot, new thing, new shiny toy, and Amanda is kind of seeing the writing on the wall that maybe it's time to split away and do her own thing. And that way, if Kayla comes a call in later on as a contender, well, they're not teammates. So they don't have to worry about that. They're not even in the same gym. I think, I don't know that it's necessarily everything I just said. Once again, I think it's opportunity. Fighters want to set up things that, uh, you know, things to do after fighting. We don't know how much longer Amanda wants to fight. She's uh, She still holds one belt. She had two. still holds one. The next time she fights, she'll be the contender going back for Juliana Pena's title. She won't be putting her other one up. She's a, uh, uh, a new parent recently before the fight. So, part of that, I think the stars align. She wants to open her own place. And she wants to be back in Denver, which is more where she wants to hang out and live, I believe. And I really think that a lot of it, the Kayla Harrison hype. I think it's Kayla Harrison hype. I think 100%, I mean, not 100%, I think 70% it is. Probably 20 or 30% other things. I think 60, 70%. 
So that's what I'll leave you with going forward. And that's going to do it for us this week. Appreciate you guys tuning in to another great edition of Strong Style. I'm not going to promise the other shows are coming out this week, but I'm going to try my best. Uh, so much to talk about each and every week. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. It's been... Oh, shout-outs. Uh, shout-outs to Critters Ale Brewery up in Carrollton, not far from here. Shout-out to the Buttered Utter uh, Creamery Ice Cream Dessert. Oh, just all kinds of... Hey, Friday and Saturday nights, if you're out in this area, if you're out in the Bremen area, out here where I'm at, uh, they have this location in Carrollton, too. But if you're out here in the Bremen area, uh, best pizza around, get there early because they sell out quickly. They make pizza at the ice cream place, and it is the best pizza around, and it's not close. I'm surprised Domino's hasn't just wilted. But either way, uh, shout out to the Butter Dutter in Bremen and Carroll. Shout out to uh, Critter's Ale out in Carrollton. And shout out to... Yeah, where is it? Shout out to... There he is. Shout out to Wesley Smith out at American Axes in Marietta, Georgia. They are out near the Atlanta United Training Ground, if you happen to know where that is. They're out near uh, Red Hair Brewery, if that helps. They are right next to Schoolhouse Brewery, which is a place I want to check out soon. Uh, I'm actually going to try to be at American Axis here soon, too. I will try to give you guys a shout out on that. But I want to give a shout out to all three of those amazing places and businesses that uh, are great friends of the show. But I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch fighting. Go watch wrestling.